Hello everyone, welcome to Summit Church Fenton. I'm so glad you joined me today and I look forward to sharing the Word of God with you. Today I want to talk to you about Jesus being our antidote. Jesus being our antidote. And of course, uh, an antidote is something that counteracts a poison. And all of us have been poisoned by the devil with sin. And if you turn in your Bibles to Romans, the fifth chapter and the 12th verse, the Bible says, just as through one man, and that's talking about Adam in the Garden of Eden, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, thus death, and of course we could liken death unto poison, death has spread to all men because all have sinned. And uh, you see when Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden ate of that uh, forbidden fruit, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they, they sinned and that sin entered into them, that poison of sin entered into them and it didn't just affect them, but it spread uh, down through all the human race. And everyone, everyone who's ever lived on this earth has been poisoned with what is known as the sin nature and, uh, and that's, and that's very bad. And so we need an antidote for that poison of the devil's sin. And I've got good news for you. Jesus, as I've already said, is the antidote for the devil's poison. You know, there's only one person that's ever lived on this planet who, uh, who has, who has not, uh, sinned or had the sin nature, uh, in them. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, that's the importance of the, uh, that shows the importance of the virgin birth because when he was uh, born of the virgin, see, the sin nature in Jesus was bypassed. And so he didn't have a sin nature. And uh, everyone else who has ever lived has been born of a, you know, a, a woman as a result of her being uh, with, with a man. But Jesus was born of the virgin, the virgin Mary, and thus that sin nature was bypassed. And so that made him the antidote for the devil's sin. And the Bible says he was tempted, think of it, uh, in all ways, just as we are, but he never sinned, not one time. And thus, uh, that, that qualified him for being the antidote for our sin. And if you read uh, Romans 5, verse 15, the Bible says, but the free gift is not like the offense. Which that, the offense is making reference to what we read in verse 12, Adam's sin. The free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense, or Adam's offense, many died, and that's talking about the entire human race, we could say many were poisoned by Adam's sin, with the sin nature. Then it says, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ abounded to many. And, and, and the many there, as you study the Bible, is making reference to all who will receive Jesus. So just putting this in my own words, I would say it like this. Romans 5 verse 12 says that, you know, Adam and Eve, they sinned in the Garden of Eden. They were poisoned with, with the sin nature, with sin. And, and they passed it to all the human race. 
But verse 15 says, hey, Jesus came along, born of the virgin, and, uh, and, and he is the antidote for the devil's poison of sin. And all who will receive Jesus receive that antidote and can be freed from the devil's poison. Isn't that, isn't that, I mean, that's good news. That's, that is good news. Jesus is our antidote and uh, he counteracts the devil's poison. That, that's exciting to me. You know, I, I think about John, the 10th chapter and the 10th verse that says the thief, uh, the devil comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. But Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And so that verse is telling us that Jesus is the antidote for the devil's poison. And, and then Acts 10, 38, I like that verse also. The Bible says that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Now that, that's exciting. These, this verse also says that, that the devil, you know, he's oppressing people with his poison, but Jesus came doing good and, 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 and healing people who are oppressed by the devil. See, Jesus is the antidote. He's the one who counteracts the devil's poison. So praise God. That's exciting. And, you know, we not only see that in these verses of scripture that, that I've already read, but, it's really exciting. If you go back into the Old Testament, there are some types in the Old Testament uh, of, of how um, Jesus is the antidote for the devil's poison. And, and these are pictures of Jesus that we see. See, a type is, is a picture, if you will, uh, uh, that we can see in the Old Testament that points to the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did for us in the New Testament. And so I'd like to share a couple of these with you. I think they're very interesting. So let's go into the Old Testament. Go to 2 Kings, the fourth chapter. Now I want to read several verses here. Let's start in verse 38. And Elisha returned to Gilgal. Now Elisha was a prophet of God, a man of God. He returned to Gilgal and there was a famine in the land. Now the sons of the prophets were sitting before him and he said to his servant, put on a large pot and boil stew for the sons of the prophets. So one went out into the field to gather herbs and found a wild vine and gathered from it a lap full of wild gourds and came and sliced them into the pot of stew, though they did not know what they were. It's kind of like somebody hunting mushrooms and you know, there's poison mushrooms, you know that. And there's good ones, but you better know the difference between the ones that, that are poison and the ones that aren't. And, uh, I don't know the difference. You don't want me hunting mushrooms for you to eat because there's some poisonous ones out there. And that's kind of what happened here. These guys went out and got some, some of these, these vines and things, but, but some of them, uh, were, were poison. And notice here in verse 40, then they served it to the men to eat. Now it happened as they were eating the stew that they cried out and said, man of God, speaking to Elisha, there is death in the pot. Or we could say it this other way, there's poison in the pot and they could not eat it. So they realized, thank God they realized there was poison in the pot and they couldn't eat it. Poison in the pot. Think about that. Poison in the pot. Well, we need an antidote for poison. Well, notice here, 
in verse 41. So Elisha replies and says, uh, he says, bring some flour, bring some flour, underline that word flour in your Bible. And he put it in the pot and said, serve it to the people that they may eat. And there was nothing harmful after they did that. The Bible says there was then nothing harmful in the pot. Wow. Think about that. That flour that they put in that pot of stew was the antidote for the poison uh, that, w- that, was, that, that, that was in there, in, in that stew, that poisonous stew. Now, I mean, let's just stop for a minute, though, and think about this. Now, now put yourself there in that, in that, in that situation. And, uh, now you know there's, that, you know that stew's poison. And, uh, and, and the, the, the man of God said, just put some flour in there. Just put some flour in there and then go ahead and eat it. Now, you know, see, a lot of times we read these Bible stories way too quickly and we don't really think about it. But think about if you were there and, uh, uh, <laughs> And, and, and Elisha said, just throw some flour in there and then it's okay to eat. Would you have been able to eat that stew? Now you think about that. You think about that. You know, it took a lot of faith. It took a lot of faith, a lot of faith for those men to eat that stew because, you know, I mean, like in the day we live, if there were, if there was poison in, in, in a pot of, you know, like, like let's say that, that uh, you know I went out and hunted mushrooms and and, <laughs> and I don't know what I'm doing in hunting mushrooms and then there's a pot there and and, and mushrooms or whatever or stew mushroom stew or mushroom soup and you realize there's there's poison in there uh, you know and and you know it'd be one thing if I had had a bottle you know that I got from a medical institution that said antidote for mushroom stew poison you know. <laughs> And put in that's one thing but what if I just said well just throw a few crackers in there and go ahead and eat it just you know plain old soda crackers just throw those in there now I mean you're gonna have to have a lot of confidence in me that I'm that I'm a man of God and hearing from God before you would eat that mushroom stew <laughs> I mean you know what I'm saying and uh, it, it'd be one like I said it'd be one thing if we had an official mushroom antidote you know, that went in there, that'd be one thing. They'd take less faith. I, I take, it still probably take some faith to eat that, that mushroom stew, even if it was official antidote. You know what I mean? But if I just said, you know, me or some other, you know, minister of the gospel said, well, you know, just, just, you know, just throw some, just, just throw a piece of bread in there and it'll be fine. Go ahead and eat it. It'd take a lot of faith, wouldn't it? Did you ever think about that? And so it took faith for these guys to eat that, to eat, eat from that stew. I mean, just, I mean, I want to belabor the point. We need to think about these things. <laughs> I mean, it's poison. And he said, just, what did he say? Just throw some flour in it and go ahead and eat it. I mean, they had to have a lot of confidence in Elisha. But he was a, a bona fide man of God. And, and, and he, he, and so if Elisha said it was okay to eat, then I, then I, I, I'd like to think I'd be okay to go ahead and eat it. I, I believe I would if somebody of his caliber, a man of God is, of his, a man of God of his caliber and his track record said, go ahead and throw the, throw the flour in there and eat it. Then I'd go ahead and eat it. But I, I tell you what, uh, now you think about that, but be that as it may, 
just wanted to belabor that because like I said, we, re- we read these stories real quickly sometimes and don't put yourself in that position. Would you have been able to eat the, the eat out of that pot after he said, just throw some flour in there? All right. Now, having said that, what's the point of this message? Well, the point of this message is that flour was the antidote for that poison. And flour is important here because it's a type of the Lord. It's an Old Testament type of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you see, the main ingredient of bread, from my study of it, the main ingredient of bread is flour. And you see, Jesus Christ is the bread of life. He's the bread of life. And he's the antidote for whatever you've been poisoned with. Glory to God. Isn't that exciting? And so this this Old Testament story is a type showing that through that flower, uh, it shows Jesus as the bread of life. And Jesus himself said, he said, I'm the living bread that came down from heaven. He said that in John 6.51. And so this, this Old Testament story shows us that Jesus... This flower points to Jesus, who is the bread of life, and he was, and that just as that flower was the antidote for that poison in that pot, Jesus is the antidote for the poison that the devil has poisoned us with, sin. Isn't that, I mean, I think that's really, really good. A really good, good story. Very interesting. And then here's another one. Let me me give you another one. Go to Exodus, the 15th chapter, Exodus, the 15th chapter, verse 22. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness. This is Moses leading the people, you know, as he brought them out of Egyptian bondage and all of that. He brought, so again, verse 22, Exodus 15, Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shur. So they passed through the Red Sea. God parted it and all of that. And they went out three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now, when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. They were bitter. We could also say it this way. They were perhaps poisonous. They couldn't drink. Maybe if you drank of it, you know, uh, you'd get sick. They were bitter. They couldn't eat of it, uh, eat of it. They couldn't drink of it is what I'm trying to say. They couldn't drink of it because it was bitter, perhaps poisonous, but bitter for sure. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't uh, drink of it. Therefore, the name was called Mara. Verse 24, and the people complained against Moses saying, what shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree. Now, underline that in your Bible, underline that or highlight that tree. Now watch this. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. And then, of course, the people could could drink of the water. Now, you think about that. So this water was bitter, or we could even argue that poisoned, couldn't drink of it. And, uh, you know, bitter water. But when that tree went into that water, it made that bitter water sweet are good, it was, you know, where they could drink it. It was like an antidote for that bitterness. Now, you say, how could a tree do that? Just dumping the tree, just, you know, cutting the tree down and throw it in the water. How could that do that? Well, this is an Old Testament type, and it, it can do that when that tree is a type of the cross of Christ. 
And that's what that tree is a type of. It's a type of the cross of Jesus Christ. And, and the cross of Christ, what Jesus did on the cross, can take that which is bitter, that which is poisoned, and make it sweet. Glory to God. If you're out there today and you're listening to me and there's bitterness, you're just eat up with, with bitterness and you're poisoned with bitterness, I got good news for you. Jesus is the antidote for you. He'll counteract that bitterness and he'll, I tell you what, he can take that which is bitter and he can make it better. You know what I mean? And he can make that which is bitter sweet. And so if you're out there listening to me and you're all bitter and all sour and hey, good news, Jesus is the antidote and look to him, look to what he did on the cross for you. And I tell you what, that old bitterness can uh, be counteracted with the antidote of what Jesus, through Jesus and what he did on the cross, that it can make you sweet. Glory to God. And so this is a, this is a type in the Old Testament showing Jesus as the antidote for, for bitterness and poison and sin. And, and, and Galatians uh, 3, verse 13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having been, become a curse for us, for it's written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And that's where Jesus hung when they crucified him. He hung on a tree or on, on the cross. The cross was made out of a tree. And that's what the Bible is making reference to here. So Christ redeemed us. We could say set us free from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it's written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And so that Old Testament story you know, again, how can waters be bitter and you just throw a tree and you know, put a tree in there, you know, and they become sweet? Well, it can only happen when that that tree is a type of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what that was. And the Bible says that that here, if you read on here in Galatians three, I'm going to read it again. Verse 13, Christ set us free from the curse of the law. He became a curse for us. Now, I could teach for hours on that, but let's just move on here. Cursed, for it's written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Now, why did Jesus die on the cross? Much we could say, but watch this. Much we could say, but just for this message here. Verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit through faith. Glory to God. So, you see, Jesus is the antidote for the devil's poison and he died on the cross that we could be redeemed from the or set free from the curse of the law you know a curse that's poison that's bad and so we were all cursed when Adam and Eve going back to what we said earlier when they ate of the of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil they disobeyed God they introduced a curse to themselves and a curse to all mankind but Jesus came and died on the cross and uh, I, I mean, I mean, all mankind has been been poisoned and bit, made bitter with the poison of, of, of sin. But Jesus came, died on the cross. And when we have faith in him, then we become blessed and uh, and, and we, we, we receive the Holy Spirit. He comes to live on the inside of us. I tell you what, that that having I mean, the Holy Spirit will make you sweet. If you're bitter, he'll make you sweet. But but. It's just, it's just so exciting to know that Jesus is the antidote. He died on the cross. He died on the cross 
to set us free from the devil's poison of sin. And when we have faith in him, then blessing comes upon us and we're set free from the poison of bitterness and sin and every other kind of bad thing you can think of. Glory to God. Isn't this, this is exciting, isn't it? Now, now there's two types of Jesus being our antidote, but now I have a third one and, uh, it's found in Numbers, the uh, 21st chapter. If you want to turn there. And the people, now watch this, Numbers 21 verse 5. says, and the people spoke against God and against Moses. Now that's not a good thing to do. Just take it from me. It's not a good thing to speak against God. And it's not a good thing to speak against a man of God, somebody that God has put his hand upon and is using. And, uh, you know, I, in my many years of, of, of being in the ministry, I, I haven't uh, heard too many people speak against God. But I've heard a lot of people. Now, I'm talking Christians, born-again, spirit-filled Christians, that uh, they wouldn't speak directly against God. But I tell you what, they, they sure will speak against a pastor or an assistant pastor, or against the leadership of a church, but, but mostly against their pastor. Now, I've, I've watched this over the many years, and I've had it happen to me. And uh, I tell you, it's no fun when, when it does happen, but I've watched a lot of people, a lot of, I'm talking born-again, spirit-filled people, just, just, just speak terribly, terribly about their pastor. And I've been on the receiving end of that <laughs> several times over the years. It's no fun. But watch what happens. It's a dangerous thing to do, to speak against somebody that God has placed in the ministry to serve people and to, and, and to love people and to watch out for their souls. It's a dangerous thing to speak against. Uh, 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 I'm talking speak negatively uh, I'm not talking about, you know, you have a question about something somebody's doing and a, a minister's doing and you have a legitimate question and you, you go ask the question. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just, just chewing on him for, for just, just no matter what he does. You just, I watch people just chew on, on, on pastors. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, I remember I went out to a restaurant one time after the service with my wife. And we walked into this restaurant and I, we were sitting at a table and at the next table, there was uh, uh, three or four couples and, uh, and, and I didn't know them. I have no idea who they are, but I was, you know, you can't help sometimes, but over here, and I wasn't eavesdropping. They were just talking fairly loudly and you couldn't help but hear it. But I don't know who their pastor was, but I tell you what, I wouldn't want to be been their pastor because they were chewing on him and, and they were having him as the main course for their lunch. I mean, they chewed him up one side down the other. And just from what I could make of it, it wasn't like he had committed some heinous sin or anything like that. I mean, it was just they didn't like he wasn't, wasn't doing this the way they wanted or that the way they wanted, you know. And, and even if he had been committing some kind of terrible sin, the Bible says we oughtn't to talk about him and run him down. We ought to find a way to restore him. But anyway, they were chewing on him. And I thought to myself, I thought, man, that's dangerous what they're doing. And, you know, I, I, I didn't say anything. It's it not, not my affair. I, I just, I don't know, today I might have said something. That was many years ago. But, but they, were, they were just 
chewing this guy, this pastor, up one side down the other. And I thought, my goodness, I'm glad I'm not, I'm not their pastor. But, but I've had it happen to me, and I guess any man of God or preachers had it happen to them. But, but I, I'm belaboring it because if you're doing that, you need to stop it. Because it's dangerous, as we'll see. Now watch this. We're talking about Jesus is our antidote, but watch this. The people spoke against God, and like I said, a lot of people won't do that, but they're very quick to speak against a man of God or a pastor or a, you know, somebody like that. And, uh, and they said, why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there's no food, no water, and our soul loathes this worthless bread. See, it was that manna that was coming down. And, and you know, that, I mean, that bread is eating, that's better than dying of starvation, isn't it? But they grumbling and complaining and talking about Moses and just going on. And so verse 6 says, so the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. Now, you know, there's a big if you're not aware of it, there's a, a big debate or, 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 you know, a discrepancy about that word sent. Did God send it or did he allow it? And frankly, you, you could argue either side of that, but uh, legitimately, because I've studied into that word, I, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I, where, where I come down on it is, I mean, these people were not doing uh, what they were supposed to be doing. They were doing something very, very bad. And talking about God and uh, uh, speaking against Moses. And so, uh, I mean, you could argue that it was God's judgment upon them. You could make argument on that, that it was his judgment. And there is the judgment of God. On the other side of the coin, you could say that it was, you know, that they got over on the devil's territory and, uh, uh, and, and God allowed this to happen. So you could argue it from the causative, where God caused it as judgment, or you could argue that it was permissive, that God permitted it since they had, they were clearly on the devil's territory, speaking against God and against Moses. I mean, either way you argue it, they were doing something that they shouldn't have been doing. If they hadn't have been doing it, this wouldn't happen. All right. So people want to know where I come down on, on it. I, seems to me that, that it's more on the, 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 uh, permissive that God permitted this to happen because they had gotten over on the devil's territory. But you could argue it that, you know, <laughs> this is a judgment of God on them. Be that as it may, fiery serpents come among them. And if they hadn't have been talking against God and against uh, their pastor, and Moses was their pastor. I mean, he was their pastor. He was their pastor and and God set him up to look over them and watch out for their souls and to, and to help them and lead them in the way they were supposed to go and they were talking about him grumbling and complaining and I tell you what that will introduce poison into a situation it really will and and I tell you what here comes the poison these serpents come into the camp and they bit the people and many of the people of Israel died now you think about that Poisoned. They were poisoned. Poisoned. And uh, snake poison. Think of that. That's bad stuff. Any kind of poison is bad. But I mean, <laughs> so, therefore, the people came to Moses. See, now, 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 now they're coming for help. They're coming for help. And they said, we have, and at least they are. Thank God that they are. They, they had a change of heart here. It's too bad it took snake bites to do it. But here, here they come, coming to Moses for help. And they said, we've sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. 
And I've got a lot of respect there for those people because they realized what they was doing was wrong and they repented. But, uh, and I'm glad that they did. And uh, I haven't seen too many people in my experience repent of speaking bad against their pastor. It's too bad, again, I'll say it, that it took snake bites, poisonous snake bites to get them to get them to repent. But thank God they repented nonetheless. And uh, they said, we've sinned for we've spoken against the Lord. So I do have respect for people that re- will repent of the wrongdoing they've done. And then they said, pray to the Lord that we have that, that pray to the Lord that he may take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And there you go. See that Moses, he, he prayed for him. A, a, a mark of a true man of God. He didn't, you know, go off on him. Well, you should have been talking about me. And blah, 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 blah. He just, he just prayed for him. He just walked in love toward him. Then the Lord said to Moses, now we're talking about Jesus being the antidote. We're looking at a type uh, of Jesus here, of him being the antidote in the Old Testament. So that we got these fiery, poisonous serpents among the people and they're biting the people and poisoning them and many are dying and and so Moses is praying to the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, verse 8, Make a fiery serpent and set it on the pole. On a pole. Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole And so it was, if a serpent had bitten anyone, when that person looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. You see that that bronze serpent was the antidote for the the, the poisoning of these snake bites. Glory to God. Now, uh, it's interesting. And when you study into this, you say, well, how can uh, making a bronze serpent and setting it on a pole and people that look at it, how can, how can that counteract a snake bite? I mean, I know when I was in first aid class in high school, if there's a snake bite, they tell you, you know, if somebody gets bit by a snake, like your friend, you're out in the woods and they get bit by a poisonous snake. You know, they, this is what I was taught. You, you, you take your pocket knife if you have one and, uh, and, and you, you cut like an X on that bite and then be sure you don't have any cavities and suck that poison out and spit it, spit it, you know, and get them, get them to the hospital. I mean, that's what I was taught years ago. I, I don't know if that's what you do now anymore. <laughs> There's a better way to do it, but, but, you know, you get them to the hospital where they can get some antidote in them you know, a, a, a liquid, chemical, whatever, in, inside the body. But how can making a serpent out of bronze and setting it on a pole and everyone who looks at it, how can that be an antidote for a snake bite? Well, it can be and is an antidote for a snake bite when that bronze serpent is a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to God. It can when that bronze serpent is a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, what a wonderful picture we have here. Because, and and something else I want to stress. You study into this. 
it wasn't just a, when, when that bronze serpent was set up on a pole and someone had been, who had been bitten. And, you know, we've all been bitten with the with the poison of the devil. You know, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We started the message with that. But. But when that bronze serpent was set on that pole and you study into this, it, it wasn't just a passing glance. The people had to uh, set, a, set their eyes on that serpent and gaze upon it and fix their attention on it. And you really study into it. They really, they had to, it wasn't just a passing glance, but they had to look at it in faith. You see, you just set a bronze serpent on a pole. That bronze serpent in and of itself isn't gonna, gonna, gonna counteract anything, be an antidote for anything. But when it's a type of the Lord Jesus Christ, and when that is gazed upon in faith, then the power of God went into operation and, and the unseen power of God went into operation and it wasn't an antidote that the people swallowed, you know, drank down or they took a pill or a shot or whatever to counteract the poison. It was looking upon that which represented Jesus Christ and having faith of fixing their attention upon it and gazing at it and, and giving it their full attention and, and through faith in that. Then, then supernaturally by the power of God, that poison was counteracted and the antidote was there. Glory to God. Now, you say, well, Pastor Terry, you know, uh, uh, give me a little more on, on this. You're saying that, 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 that serpent on that pole was a type of Jesus. Yes, it was. And, and, and Jesus said so himself. Absolutely. In John, the third chapter, let's go to John, the third chapter. And let's look at the 14th verse. Jesus, when he was speaking to Nicodemus, he said, And as Moses, now watch this, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Now how was that serpent lifted up? It was lifted up on a pole. And what this is making reference to is what Jesus is talking about here is Jesus being lifted up upon that cross. Absolutely. So as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Now watch this. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And, and, and you, you, you study into this when it talks about believing in him. It's not the, the, the Greek words. The New Testament was written in, in Greek. The Greek word here for believe, it's not just a mental assent, but it's a heart sellout. When it's not just a passing glance like the people in the Old Testament. It wasn't just a passing glance at that bronze serpent, but they had to gaze upon it and fix their attention upon it. So, this here in, in John, the third chapter is not just a mental accept, a mental accept, acceptance or a mental assent, but it, it, it is to believe on Jesus. It's a heart sellout to him to put your total trust, your faith, your reliance completely and totally upon him as he hung upon the cross. Glory to God. 
And so you have a, that, that Old Testament is a direct, I mean, it is a, it is one of the closest types of the Lord Jesus Christ that there is. And Jesus said so himself. And, and as those people were bitten with those fiery serpents, that serpent went up on that pole and, and they gazed upon it in faith. And we see it's in faith. If you put it together with John, the third chapter, you see they had to, had to be in faith. How else could, I mean, you get the power of God moving when you have faith and believe, believe God's word. And, and they looked upon that serpent and the power of God went into operation, as I said, and they were super, that supernatural antidote start flowing to those people in the Old Testament. And, and, and again, we all have been uh, bitten by the devil, if you will. Uh, through Adam and Eve, and we've all sinned, and we've bitten, been bitten with that sin nature. We're all poisoned as human beings. But Jesus came, and he died. He was lifted up on that cross, and he became a curse for us. He died for us on that cross. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him and as we place our faith in him, we gaze at him, we trust in him, we sell out to him, then the power of God goes into operation and, and it's the, and, and, and the new birth hits our spirit. And I tell you what, we get born again. We're transferred out of the kingdom of darkness over into the kingdom of God's dear son, Jesus. And we get born again. And, 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 and that, that new birth that comes through faith in Jesus Christ is the it, it, it's the only antidote. It's the only, yeah, it's the only antidote for the devil's poison. Absolutely. Jesus is the only way you're going to stay out of a devil's hell and make a God's holy heaven. Jesus is the only. He's not just, he, he's not the best antidote for the devil's poison. He's the only O-N-L-Y, the only capital O-N-L-Y antidote for the devil's poison. But thank God he died upon the cross. He shed his blood for us. He was buried on the third day, rose from the dead. But as we place our faith in him, glory to God, we're set free from the devil's poison. Oh my goodness, Jesus is the antidote. And uh, glory to God. And, and, and you know what, I, I, I'm, I'm out of notes here, but I do have one other thing that, that I do want to say before I close. You know, we looked at these Old Testament types. What a wonderful picture they are to show us that Jesus is the antidote for the devil's poison. But, you know, uh, I, I just, just want to share this with you. If you look into the book of Acts, you see where the Apostle Paul, after that shipwreck, he was on the Isle of Malta, I believe it was. And he went out and he was gathering some sticks there for the fire. And when he threw those sticks down on the fire, the Bible says a poisonous serpent came out and, and bit him. And everybody that was around there was expecting him to fall down dead. But as that serpent hung upon him and was injecting that poison into him, you know what the Bible says he did? He shook it off. He shook it off into the fire, that serpent. He shook it off into the fire. People waiting for him to die. And he never did. He didn't die. He kept right on going. And in fact, you read on there, he went on, he went on and had a healing service right after that and, and got some people healed on that island. But why did I share that story? Well, 
he, I want to, much we could say about it, but, but he, 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 he shook that off. He shook that poisonous thing. He shook it off. Now I want to just conclude here by encouraging you that, you know, there's some things perhaps you've been poisoned with over the years. Maybe somebody's done you wrong and maybe they, they really did you wrong and, uh, and they've hurt you. Maybe they've rejected you in some way. And it's left scar, you know, uh, emotional, mental scars upon you, uh, you know, and 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 you're you're harboring bitterness, unforgiveness, and even bordering on hatred. And maybe in some cases it is hatred. But I feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to tell you, hey, it's time to shake those things off. It's time to shake those things off. You're just going to have to do it. You're just going to have to shake shake whatever's been poisoning you you're gonna have to just shake it off <laughs> like one guy said you know build a bridge and get over it you know and i mean that that you know that's almost i say that humorously but you know and but but you know sometimes we have to do that because i know i know in my life there's been times i've just gone around the same mountain again and again and again seems like i can make no progress until i've shook something off and and uh and so I just feel like the Lord wants me to tell you, hey, there's some things in your life that's poisoned you, poisoned you for a long time, and uh, you need to look to Jesus. You need to forgive those people that hurt you, and then you need to just shake it off. Like Paul shook that serpent off into the fire, just shake that bitterness, shake that rejection, shake that poison off. Maybe that's your antidote here today. You just shake it off. You got to just shake it off. And, and, and you know what? Paul didn't die. He went right on. So just by faith, shake it off. You know, I'm convinced he shook that thing off by faith because I mean, he should have died. It was a poisonous, poisonous serpent. And the people waiting for him to swell up and die and he never did. I mean, here's a man walking in faith and he shook it off shake that thing that's poisoning you shake look to jesus shake it off in faith back in the fire and just go right on down the road and enjoy your life glory to god help people and do like paul after he shook it off he went out and he had a healing service he went out and helped people well you do the same glory to god well hey i hope this blessed you today don't forget jesus is our antidote so our antidote so if you're out there and uh Maybe you've never received the great antidote. Jesus is the great antidote. Maybe you've never received him. You know, like I said, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And, and we've all been poisoned with, with the devil's poison of sin. And, 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 but I tell you what, there's only one antidote. His name is Jesus. If you've never received that antidote, you're poisoned with sin and you need to get set free of it. So what you do is you repent of your sins. You call on the name of the Lord Jesus. You, just like they did in the Old Testament there, you, you, you don't just have a passing glance at Him, but you gaze upon Him. You, you place your faith in Him. You sell out to Him. Receive Him as your Lord and Savior. And then serve Him the rest of your life. And I tell you what, you'll miss hell one day. You'll make heaven. And He'll make your life worth living in the meantime. So, hey, I hope you've been blessed by this today. And I want to say it again. Don't ever forget Jesus is the antidote. God bless you, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.